0: Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code nation 30 for 30% off.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. We have, I think, what's going to be an exceptionally exciting episode this week. Uh, I'll tell you guys why here in a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, But first, I owe you guys just some life updates, some hunting season updates. Even though it's not quite hunting season, you know, the season never ends for people like us. And So if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume you're probably a hardcore outdoorsman or outdoorswoman. And you're going to be doing things year-round. So that's what I've been up to lately. And I want to fill you guys in on that before we jump into the main episode. So I think I mentioned last week that uh, I took Friday off of work. And I took my dad, my brother Luke, and my brother-in-law Ben on a fishing trip with Les and his son Keaton SNS Guide Service that we had on I think two weeks ago. Uh, so we had another uh, trip booked with them. We went to a different lake and uh, had an absolute blast. So uh, Les and his son came down, which is awesome. I hadn't got to meet uh, Keaton yet, so we had two boats, two groups of two, plus a guide. And uh, I should have known better. I I didn't think it, or I just didn't think about it, I guess, in general. But, of course, it immediately got turned into a competition. Uh, Les and his son, Keaton, are obviously very competitive with each other. And then I didn't realize it until afterwards, but uh, uh, my dad and I went with Les. And my brother, Luke, and my brother-in-law, Ben, went with Keaton. And apparently the first thing Luke said to Keaton was, all I care about today is outfishing John. <laughs> and so I should have known better, like I said. But uh, but anyway, so that was their goal. And, of course, Keaton, you know, he just wanted to catch more fish than his dad. Uh, so we set out, and uh, the fish were not, I wouldn't say hard to find, but uh, it took us a while to kind of get a pattern. And, you know, that's one thing that Les is big on and, and something that he's taught me. Once you find that pattern, you can basically go anywhere in that lake that day and find fish you know and so uh you know we were both scouting around and then we finally less got on to him and basically i mean it was crazy like you know he had told me about it but actually seen it for myself on the live scope we were catching fish in 15 to 16 feet of water and they were eight feet deep and guys i'm telling you it was so cool to see it uh, it made me once again realize like how on earth do people catch crappie without live scope i have no idea because there were several times i mean we would have that bait on their nose and they wouldn't bite it but just finding them in general and like getting that pattern down but anyway the pattern that we were on that day and obviously it's going to change probably every day based on conditions and everything they were in 15 to 16 feet of water and they were 8 feet deep and i kid you guys not 98% of the fish we caught that day, they were exactly eight feet deep. And most of them were in 15 to 16 feet of water. We caught a couple shallower. We caught a couple deeper, but the way Les ran it was, uh, you know, he had his live scope screen. And then above that, he had just his normal electronics. And he basically, he just put that on, you know, the map of the bottom and he would just follow those contour lines. You know, he'd stick to one and we just follow that line. He'd be scanning with the live scope. And sure enough, like, that's how we were finding fish. Uh, we were catching white crappie this time. You know, the previous time we caught a lot of black crappie. Uh, they tend to group up more. We caught, you know, several out of the same spot last time. This time we were basically catching individuals. Uh, we, we caught several, like, way out away from everything. You know, they were roaming. And those were the ones that were a little bit easier to catch, honestly, because they were out there looking for bait. And then the other fish we were catching were, I'm talking like like tight up against structure, you know, trees mostly. And I'm talking like right up against them. I mean, they were hard to catch because you had to like figure out which side of the tree they were on and put the bait right on them because they were just sucked in there. Um, But it was was incredible. It was lots of fun. Uh, You know, my main goal, they were all competing and stuff. My main goal was that I wanted my dad to have a good time. And so I went first, kind of, you know, showed him what was going on and stuff. And then I got him in the chair, and I let him have the chair – probably over 50% of the time, because I just wanted him to have a good time, and uh, and he did pretty good, you know, he like, he's getting older, uh, his reflexes aren't quite as good as they used to be, um, you know, his joints are just not as good as they used to be, uh, but man, he, he hung in there, he did great, it was, you know, actually, we kind of got lucky with the weather, it wasn't that hot, we had some overcast skies, um, we had a little front moving in, so it wasn't super hot. But we were out there for, like, eight hours. I think we left the boat ramp about 8.30, and we didn't come back till about 3.30. So it was a long, warm day. Uh, but he did, did fantastic. He caught a bunch of fish. You know, he missed some, but so did I. Uh, I think Luke said he missed the first, like, three that he got on. Just uh, They were biting, like, super soft. I mean, like... If you weren't watching them on the screen, if you didn't know they were there, half the time you wouldn't have known that they were biting. Uh, that I mean, they were hitting that soft, so you had to have your hook sets just absolutely perfect. Um, but anyway, we caught a lot of fish. Now, uh, like I, I think I don't know if I mentioned or not, Luke and them, Luke and Ben did outfish us. I think they caught thirty-two or thirty-four. And uh, Dad and I caught 28, and so they Luke got his wish or whatever, you know, their boat outfished us. Uh, I'm not sure if you break down individually who would have won. I'm just going to throw that out there, but their boat won. Uh, but one, one other cool thing is we caught, like, big fish. Like, most of the crop we caught were good size. Um, I think I think me, Luke, and Dad all caught one that were like 1.7 pounds or something. Uh, I think Ben had a 1.5, and and most of them were all like that. I think we only caught like three or four of what you would call, you know, small fish. Um, We didn't break the two-pound mark, but that's, you know, pretty common. Um, But, man, we had a great time. Like I said, I think we ended up with 64 fish total, so not too shabby at all. We got three huge gallon Ziploc bags full of meat. Uh, lots of memories. Um, Luke and Ben, I think that was, or actually Luke, Ben, and Dad. I think that was all their first time ever catching a crappie. Um, I think we found out later Ben had actually only been on a boat twice. Like this was the second time he had ever been on a boat. Uh, so that was fun too. And uh, all that to say, we had a really good time. I know I talked about it a few weeks ago. SNS Guide Service, uh, Les and Keaton Stanstyfer. Look them up and go fishing with them. You absolutely will not forget it. So so that was Friday. We spent the day doing that. Friday evening, Luke brought his family over. We had a big fish fry and everything. Uh, it was absolutely delicious. Uh, my dad, I was actually kind of shocked. My dad is a is a longtime cat fisherman. Um, growing up, he was big into jug lines, trot lines, and everything like that. Uh, I, I think this is probably the first time he ever ate crappie and, uh, even he had to admit that he thought they might be better than catfish. Uh, I'm still kind of on the fence. I think the first time that I made it, uh, I thought catfish was better, but this time when I made it, like the crappie was pretty dang good. I'm going to admit to me, they're a little like, they're just different enough that it's almost like two different things. Uh, I think catfish are a little like flakier, if that makes sense. Kind of your traditional like fish. Uh, crappie are almost like a, they're almost like a meat, like a beef. Like, uh, they got some, I don't know, just a different texture. And so I love both of them. Uh, I cook them exactly the same. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that some other day, but, uh, but yeah, so we had an absolute blast crappie fishing. And then, uh, you guys know me, I had to get some deer work in and so Saturday morning, I woke up, packed the truck up. Uh, I brought uh, some some beef jerky and some a bunch of waters because it was super hot on Saturday. Uh, had all my tools and everything, uh, loaded up a bunch of scrap lumber that I've been collecting for weeks, and uh, headed back out to my deer stands. And uh, I got a lot of work done on Friday. Um, I finished up a feeder pen at the back. Uh, I built a ladder for that stand, so that spot's basically ready to go. I also put up uh, a protein feeder that I have uh, that my wife was awesome and bought me a couple years ago, and so at that setup, that now has a, uh, I'm going to sh- actually shrink the food pot, food plot down just a little bit and make a screen uh, from the neighbors, and so that food plot's going to be about two and a half acres probably. I'm going to have a feeder and a protein feeder there with a feeder pin around it. And then my new Banks blind up. So that spot's going to be super awesome and legit. And then if you head north a little bit, uh, next up is the saddle. Uh, that's the one that, you know, I had uh, Adam Keith on from Landon Legacy that we talked about a lot. Um, I did a bunch of, of clearing for bedding areas. Uh, we burned that whole area. And, uh, and then I got my new Banks blind there, and that one actually, I had some uh, some extra 2x12s and some 2x6s. So I actually made a legit, like, stair platform up to that blind with a little porch up there. Nothing crazy, but I had the lumber, so I went ahead and did it. So uh, that blind is looking prime. Like, um, uh, that one's going to be straight uh, rifle and muzzleloader blind, overlooking the saddle. Like I said, fresh burn, fresh bedding areas, comfortable blind (laughs) oh man i'm already dreaming of uh hunting that this fall and so continue going north uh basically that saddles uh just back area feeds down a big ridge into more of our cattle pasture area but on the front side of that ridge up against the creek i have another spot that i probably haven't talked a lot about on here because i didn't hunt it much last year uh i had a ground blind there last year and a feeder and a food plot uh, but I didn't fence the feeder and basically just got taken over by hogs. Um, I really didn't, I had almost zero deer activity there, so I didn't hunt it basically at all. Um, you know, when I had some buddies come up and stuff, I'd usually let them sit there and try to kill some hogs. Uh, but I'm putting an end to that. I'm going to go buy a couple more panels and, uh, I'm going to fence that feeder off I put my new Banks blind there and then this fall I'll have that food plot going. That food plot's about an acre and a half, something like that. Uh, so I think that spot is also going to be super sweet. Uh, so those are the three main areas I got going. Like I said, I still got to build a feeder pin at that third one, uh, what I call the triangle. And then my fourth Banks blind is in a pasture we call the cemetery. And, uh, I think I'm going to have to name it the Eagle's Nest now, though. I don't remember if I talked about this last time or not. Uh, When I was carrying the blind out to this pasture to drop it off, there was actually two bald eagles out there uh, perched on a tree. And so I think I'm going to have to rename this spot the Eagle's Nest just because it's awesome and I like eagles. So this is a spot where I get probably more buck pictures than any other place but almost all of them are at night. I think in two years, I've had this spot for two years uh, with a tree stand in it. And uh, in two years, I think I might've hunted it five, at most six times. Uh, it is where I shot uh, one of my 2021 bucks out of in like late January, I think it was January 8th. Um, so it's a really good for late season. Uh, so this year I'm actually moving the setup to the complete opposite side of the pasture. It's like a 60 acre pasture and so uh, the only reason I had the the setup and the feeder where it was was because it's the literally only tree in the entire pasture and so that's where I had it because that's where I had to put a tree stand but that is one of the added advantages of these new banks blinds because I, I've said talked about it so many times before like our place is not a hunting place it is a cattle ranch and uh, there's Basically, there's hardly anywhere to put a tree stand. And so with these Banks blinds, I'm going to be able to put setups in places where I normally can't do it and really put setups where I need them and not where I have to have them. And so, yeah, so I got the banks blind. I'm moving the whole setup across the pasture, and I'm hoping that I'm going to get closer to those bucks' bedding areas and maybe get them to come out during the daytime instead of only getting nighttime pictures. Uh, in this pasture, we also, on the north side of this pasture, we plant it in oats every fall. Uh, we we do that for the cattle, not for the deer. Um, but it, it obviously benefits the deer also, and so we normally get a lot of late season action at that spot, and so I'm very very excited for that. So I got to do my ladder there. I think that's going to finish up that setup, and that will basically finish up all of the you know banks blinds feeder setups for the year. So that's my goal by the end of that, or by the end of this coming weekend, is to have all that finished. And then I got to uh, move a few other tree stands around. Um, like I said, now that I'm, like there in the Eagle's nest, um, I no longer need that tree stand. So I'm going to put it somewhere else. Um, there's another tree stand that I need to replace the straps on, you know, just some odd and end types of things like that. So absolutely excited for this deer season, guys. I cannot wait. Like, yes, fishing's fun, but I just, I just, even this, like this year, I've probably fished more than I have in, I don't know, the last decade. Like I've kind of gotten back into fishing this year but I just still don't have the passion for it that I have for deer hunting. You know, turkey hunting's fun, fishing's fun, all this other stuff is fun, but when it comes down to it, I am a deer hunter, and I don't apologize for that. Like, I love it, that's my passion. So, so yeah, did some crappie fishing. I did some blind setup, some deer season prep. Uh, I'm going to do some more this coming weekend. I'm headed up there. Uh, going to do some more last season prep, and then, uh, yeah, pretty much after that, Uh, Oh, yeah, my other life update, I was going to tell you. Uh, My wife had her, gosh, I don't know. She's at like 33 weeks, I think. Uh, She went to the doctor today. Baby's doing great. Measured in the 51st percentile, so basically average. Uh, The sonogram lady said that she was the most proportionate baby she had had that day, so I'm going to assume that's a good thing. Uh, Yeah, I guess it's not an odd size baby or anything like that. Basically right at average um and uh they did update us on a due date uh it had been june 29th they said the way she's measuring expect maybe closer to june 2nd and so not that big of a difference um but yeah baby's getting close guys baby's getting close and so like i said this last weekend i went to the ranch did a bunch of deer stuff this coming weekend i'm going to the ranch doing a bunch of deer stuff and then after that I'm basically going to be hanging out around the house. You know, I, you know. We're at that time to where the baby could come pretty much any minute. And so I still got to pack a hospital bag. I haven't done that yet. Uh, we got to get the car seat in the car, all that good stuff. Um, you know, Family's going to be kind of getting ready. And uh, yeah, my wife and I are just getting ready. Like I said, I think it was like two or three weeks ago now. We basically spent the entire weekend going through all of our baby gifts from the showers and stuff uh we got the the changing table set up we got our little diaper genie which is awesome um i have changed i believe two diapers in my entire life uh my nieces and nephews and so i'm gonna have to get a little crash course in diaper changing uh not super excited about that but i I, yeah i don't want to be that guy like i want to help my wife that's the goal And uh, guys, we cannot be more excited for our little baby girl. We are so excited. So uh, yeah, even though they pushed our due date out, we're under a month now. So like I said, baby's coming any day. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pre-record an episode or two so that when the baby does come, I'll kind of have those in my back pocket and be able to pull them out for you guys. That way y'all will still be getting content. Uh, but I can, you know, hang out with my wife and newborn baby and kind of relax and just chill, enjoy that time. Uh, I believe I'm going to get two weeks off work, which is amazing, like, honestly, more than I was expecting. And so, yeah, when that baby comes, we'll get two weeks to just hang out as a family, uh, get to know her, adjust our life. Uh, You know, people can tell me all they want to, it's going to change my life, and I know it's going to change my life, but I'm just the type of person that, like, It's not going to change until it changes. And so, like, I know it's coming, but I honestly really don't know what to expect. So very excited for baby girl. Very excited for this coming weekend to get deer stuff kind of wrapped up and stuff until, you know, later in the fall. Um, I'm hoping that basically after this weekend, all I'll have to do is plant my food plots, fill my feeders, and then go hunt. So very excited about that uh thank you guys for tuning in this week we're gonna have a couple quick commercials and then right after that we're going to jump in oh i haven't talked i haven't even told you guys this week about what the podcast is we are talking about the okie noodling festival and guys i've been waiting on this for a long time so take it all the way back to the uh backwoods show the okie noodling festival was like my neighbor booth And so, uh, there was a wonderful woman named Becky, her and her husband were in the booth next to me. Uh, she works for the city of Paul's Valley, which is where the festival is held. Uh, and yeah, we just had a great time kind of hanging out and talking throughout the course of the uh, weekend, I should say. Um, and yeah, like it was amazing how many people went by that booth and had either been there, had heard of it, um, go every year, all that stuff. And so... It was really awesome watching that. So I know there's a lot of people out there excited about this. And so uh, Becky actually wasn't going to make it. It's completely my fault. I actually lost her card. Completely my fault. Uh, And I just found it when I was cleaning up my desk last week. And so I reached out to Becky. She wasn't able to come on. But one of her co-workers, Jennifer, is going to come on. And we talk all about the noodle, the Oki Noodling Festival. Uh, she gives us all the details: how to get involved, where it's at, uh, the concerts. They announce who's coming for the concerts and everything. So we just have a grand old chat. Tons of information here, and so yeah, this this week the podcast is all about the Oki Noodling Festival. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please, please go i had every intention of going until i found out what weekend it is and i think it's just a little bit too close to my wife's due date i don't think she's gonna like me abandoning her to go hang out with a bunch of catfish noodlers and so yes i i would love to be there but i don't think i'm going to be but next year 2023 you can guarantee that i will be there so i hope you guys enjoy it uh there's some great information in here and uh yep that's all i got for you guys so without further ado. Here's my interview with Jennifer and the Okie Noodling Festival. Deer Lab is the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. From photo recognition to tracking individual animals, Deer Lab's trail camera app saves you time, is easy to use, and works with all trail camera manufacturers. Deer Lab makes it drop dead simple to track specific animals or groups of animals using your trail camera photos. Profiles allow you to understand patterns by date ranges, times, and camera locations. Deer Lab's heat map allows you to visually see how a profiled animal moves at different times of the year. For all these features and more, check out DeerLab.com. Arrowhead Land Company has one goal, to help the hardworking landowners of Oklahoma and beyond. Founders Will Bellis and Andrew Schultz have years of real estate experience behind them, and will use it to help you either buy or sell that little slice of heaven. Real estate is one of the oldest and safest investments you can make in this great country of ours, so it makes sense that you want to trust that decision with someone who really knows the business and wants what's best for you. And it certainly doesn't hurt if that person knows a thing or two about hunting also. So check out Arrowhead Land Company for all your land buying and selling needs. One lake, all day, all yours. That's the Private Water Fishing motto. Private Waters Fishing is a member-based fishing club that offers a superior outdoor experience and some of the best bass fishing Oklahoma and Texas has to offer. Private means private. When you reserve a lake, you have exclusive access with no other members on the lake with you. These are professionally managed and stocked lakes, most of which are over 10 acres in size. If you want to get in on the action, call 214 Eight seven one zero zero four four, or go to privatewaterfishing.com. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. And today I'm t- I have a very special guest. I have Jennifer Sanford on the line. How are you doing, Jennifer?
2: I am doing great. How are you?
1: I am doing really good. And uh, we have a, an awesome event that we're going to be covering today and talking about. But before we get into that, uh, real quick, if you wouldn't mind just telling everybody a little bit, you know who you are, who you work for, and uh, and all that good stuff.
2: Okay. Uh, well, my name is Jennifer Sanford. I am the Parks and Recreation Director for the City of Pauls Valley, and I am one of a several people who serve on the Okie Noodling Tournament uh, Planning Committee. And uh, I have served the tournament in a variety of different ways over many years. Um, started out just as a volunteer, but then um, as the tournament changed and grew and moved um my roles have expanded over the course of time so um, my day-to-day is i take care of the rec center and the water park and manage uh recreation stuff but on special events like this it's a in a small community like ours it's an all hands on deck mm-hmm. and everybody chips in
1: Yeah. And I have to admit, I had actually never heard of the festival, um, but I had a booth at the Backwoods show uh, this earlier this spring, and I was actually booth mates with uh, Becky and her husband. Becky. Yep. And, uh, and yeah. I, I have to say, I was amazed at how many people came by the booth. And it had either, you know, heard of it or been to it. Several people were, oh, yeah, we go every year, every year. Um, yeah. And so just in talking to them, I knew I had to have, you know, somebody on the podcast to talk about it. And uh, and I feel bad. I already apologized to Becky. I lost her card, and that's why we're doing this kind of last minute. And so that's completely my fault. Um, but I, I still wanted to have you guys on, and I'm glad it worked out to have you on to come talk with us. So.
2: Well, it's, um, it's a very unique event mm-hmm. that focuses on a very unique sport, mm-hmm. um, and it's a very, you know, of all the things to do in the outdoors in Oklahoma, I think noodling is probably one of the most unique things that you can do, mm-hmm. um, and this tournament and this festival is all about uh, focusing on noodlers
1: mm-hmm.
2: and catfish.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, we're obviously we're going to dive way deep into you know everything that the, the festival has and everything like that. But real quick, just so people kind of get a, a baseline of what we're talking about, uh, you know, give us your quick little elevator pitch. You know, if I say what is the Okie Noodling Festival, what are you going to tell people?
2: The Okie Noodling Tournament is like the Bass Masters for noodlers. So if you watch that or you've ever seen anything like that that's what this tournament is that's it it's it started out as a, a group of guys getting together and it was the culmination of a documentary that a filmmaker was putting together and it was uh, kind of an offhanded comment that one of the neuters was like well it, it wouldn't it be really cool if we all got together and weighed our fish in like Bassmasters?"
3: Mm-hmm.
2: and he was like well that'd be a great way to wrap up my documentary so yeah let's do that And that's how it started. Um, And then here we are 22 years later, and it's grown into, um, you know, a Friday night concert and an all-day tournament and festival. Uh, But it really, the the meat and potatoes of the tournament is noodlers and catfish, Mm -hmm. and that's what it's focused on.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I, and I'm honestly, I'm a little bit mad at myself that I've never heard of it before. I don't know how I haven't. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I I and I, I told Becky this, I 100 percent was going to come. But I actually have my first child. My wife is due June 29th. And so Aww. getting away for an overnight festival just might not be in the cards this year uh but no next year i'm gonna bring my little girl and my wife and yeah. we're all gonna come experience it so you
2: do need it's a bucket list type thing that's mm-hmm. for sure if you've never been it's quite a thing it's um you know i've had a lot of people it's the best people watching around mm-hmm. and it is really good people watching but if you want to see big fish you need to come see the way in mm-hmm. it's it is impressive
1: yeah absolutely absolutely so i want to kind of break this into two parts i want to talk a little bit about the you know the festival the events and everything and then also kind of the noodling and the tournament and all that um because i know they kind of go hand in hand but it's also kind of two separate topics so sure um so you uh, i think i heard you mention earlier this has been going on for 22 years now mm-hmm awesome. yes all right and we've kind of alluded to it but uh, just so people know when is it happening
2: It is the 17th, is the Friday night concert, and the actual tournament and weigh-in is on the 18th of June. Gotcha,
1: awesome. So this is going to launch on Monday. I don't have my phone in front of me, probably like the 12th, I'm going to guess, something like that. So uh, basically this is going to drop on Monday, and then the tournament starts that, or is that Friday and Saturday. That week,
2: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, that'd be great. Awesome. Awesome. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and then my first question is, uh, do people need to get tickets ahead of time? Can they just show up and pay there? How does that work? Well, for the first
2: time ever, we are doing a Friday night concert where it's a ticketed event. And so you can sign up for the Friday night concert online and purchase your ticket online, and it's twelve fifty. Or if you wait until the night of the concert on Friday, it's 15 at the gate. but now on saturday it's a free event it's free for the public to come in um into the park and uh, i think you've got to pay five bucks to park but other than that it's the the whole event you can come bring your chair sit down and you don't that's all you would need to bring is one of those little bag chairs and you can sit under the shade trees and watch the people and watch the fish be weighed in and that's free
1: Awesome, awesome. And I already realized I forgot a very important question. Where does this take place?
2: Oh, well, in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. (laughs) Yep, yep. But in Pauls Valley, it is located in Wacker Park.
1: Okay.
3: And
2: uh, Wacker Park's kind of on the northern end of town. Um, But there will be banner flags as you come into town, and you cannot miss where to turn to come up Willow Street to get into the park.
1: And I heard a lot of people at the Backwoods Show asking who was playing in the concert, and I don't think they had announced it at that time. So uh, Becky and her husband, you know, they were teasing everybody and saying it was good, but have you all announced who the concert's going to be?
2: We have. Our Friday night opener is Carson Jeffries, and our uh, main headliner on Friday Uh night is the Reed Southall Band. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll actually have a live concert after we announce the tournament winners on Saturday evening, we'll have a live concert then as well. But that concert's free to the public, so anybody can come in. And that is uh, the openers, Grady Spencer and the Work, and the headliner is the Josh Chabot Band. Oh, wow. Very nice.
1: That's awesome. Man. So we're
2: really excited. We've got some good good entertainment this year in bands.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. If I tell my wife that, she might risk it and, and come with me this year. So,
2: <laughs> maybe I need to keep that hey, under wraps her for now. We might push her to the edge what, just might, walking around in the heat. Might. That would not probably be good for
1: nope, her. Nope, 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 nope. So, awesome. Uh, so, you know, I I take it this is kind of a family event. You know, this is a big deal and everything. Uh, what kind of a, attractions do you have? You know, uh, like if people bring their families, what can they look forward to?
2: Well, there will be vendors, uh, booth vendors, and that that kind of runs the gamut. There'll be um, some people that will have catfish type gear, or you know, t-shirts and hats that that are more geared towards that. Think, things like you might see at the a couple of vendors that you might have would have seen at the Backwoods Show. Mm-hmm. But then there'll also be just kind of like what you at, at a typical festival um, trinkets and inflatable things and glow bracelets and glow sticks stuff for the kids and there'll be people there with uh food type products and candles and all kinds of stuff and then we have actual food trucks as well so you can do a little shopping for the women and the kids and then everybody can eat and um is our uh beer sponsor so there'll be alcoholic beverages and then there's also plenty of pop and water and that kind of thing as well
1: awesome awesome and uh, I heard several people ask this uh, when I was at the booth uh, are people allowed to bring their own like food and coolers and stuff or do you try to keep that stuff out
2: we do try to keep that stuff out, and that's changed over the years, but mainly because of the ABLE laws, the, the alcohol laws that rule our state.
3: Mm-hmm. We're not allowed
2: to bring have people bring in outside cool food and coolers anymore, um, and you don't really need to. I mean, mm-hmm. because we've got everything that you would need in inside the festival area, so you just don't need to bring any of that. Gotcha, gotcha. All
1: right. Awesome. Well, I want to transition a little bit more to the fishing side. Like you said, kind of the, the nucleus of this thing is mm-hmm. noodling and everything. So uh, let's say that I'm a catfish noodler and I want to participate. How does that work? Do I need to sign up? Do I just kind of show up with my fish? How does the tournament part work?
2: We do want you to be a registered noodler. And to do that, you can do it online. Um, you can go to... The, our website okenoodling.com, and we can you can do online registration, or you can call our chamber, our chamber of commerce, and they can they can do a noodler registration over the phone. Um, there is a fee that you pay to be a registered noodler, and then all of that what that that goes towards our prize money and mm-hmm. what it takes to put on the event. Yeah. Um, so, yes, you do need to re- be a registered noodler. We re- you have to abide by all of the state fishing regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, there may or may not be a game warden here that's going to check your uh, fishing license. So okay. You need to be, have your fishing license available to show when you show up. And then your fish that you bring in, you can noodle your fish anywhere within the state of Oklahoma. And that fish has to be weighed in by, you have to be in the queue by 6 o'clock to weigh your fish in. Gotcha. And you can only weigh in your biggest fish, one fish per registered noodler.
1: Gotcha. That's 6 p.m. Friday night? Yes. Gotcha. Okay.
2: No, 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 Saturday night.
1: Oh, Saturday night. Okay, glad I asked. Saturday night. Saturday Saturday night, yeah.
2: Saturday night is the weigh-in. Okay, awesome.
1: And is there like is there like a technical start time? You know, can somebody go the day before as long as they can keep the fish alive, or does it have to be on Saturday? You know, do y'all say well, like well, okay?
2: You know, and that's changed over the years too, but mainly because the state the state rules have changed. They okay. now it is um, you are not able to noodle at night. You're not supposed to noodle in the dark, Mm
3: -hmm. according
2: to the state fishing regulations. Mm -hmm. So, used to what we would say was, 24 hours in advance, you can start fishing. Mm -hmm. And now, we've had to back that up and say, I think we say 36 is what the rules state, Mm
0: -hmm. so that
2: you allow enough time. So, basically, they can start noodling the evening of Friday, but their fish has to be alive Mm -hmm. and weighed in by six on saturday gotcha Gotcha. that that makes sense yep
1: yep awesome i was wondering that and all of
2: those rules those noodling rules are if you go online to sign up and register for anybody that might be interested in in registering uh all of those rules are online for you to read perfect perfect if you've got any questions okay
1: and uh, I heard you mention some prize money, so I know everybody's going to be curious oh, about that. <laughs> um, it, what uh, what kind of prizes are we talking? To,
2: well, I mean, you know, we like to. We have a couple of different categories. You can sign up as uh, in, a, in the natural division, and that means that you're going to noodle and you're not going to use any kind of. Additional air or mm-hmm. breathing apparatuses, and then we have a scuba division,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that's yep. if you use any kind of air or tanked air or breather, mm-hmm. you need to register in the scuba division, okay? Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yep. So, there's two of those, and we do two different divisions, and we do sixth place up through first place. So, sixth place is 25 bucks, and then it goes all the way up. First place is 1000 mm-hmm. bucks. And then, um, we also try to encourage, uh, females to register Mm -hmm. and fish and also youth because, you know, we want to promote the sport for everybody. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just not a man's game. Uh And so we do uh, cash prizes for the top female noodler and then runner up Mm
1: -hmm.
3: in
2: the youth division and the female division. Gotcha. Okay. Uh-huh. And so that's uh, runner up is a hundred bucks, and top youth noodlers two hundred bucks. Same thing with the females. Uh-huh. But the big thing is whoever brings in the biggest fish, they get an additional two thousand dollars. Wow. So most of the time, what happens is, you know, we have sixth through first, and Whoever is the biggest fish in the first place, scuba and natural, mm-hmm. they're going to get a $1,000 check, but whoever is the big fish is going to get an additional. So mm-hmm. most, some of those guys walk away with $3,000. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: Not we've bad. Had,
2: we've we, no, that's not bad for <laughs>
1: – I was going to say, especially for something that these people are probably going to be doing anyway, you know?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: hmm Absolutely. So, yeah. And uh, I heard a lot of people asking, you know, what's the big fish? What's the big fish? And I think I heard last year they had like a 60 pounder or something win. Uh, what are mm-hmm. some of the what are some of the bigger fish you've had over the years?
2: Oh, lots in the 40 pound range, lots in the 50 pounds, some 60. We've had some over 70. I think the biggest one that we've had way in was close to Close to seventy-five, I want to say, mm-hmm. and I should—I should know that off the top of my hand. I try; we try <laughs> to keep statistics on that. Yeah, um, we do. Uh, we keep track of uh, of how many registered noodlers we end up with, and then how many fish we have weighed in, and then we tally up how many pounds of fish we weigh in each year. And it's really interesting because you can go back and kind of track the way our weather in oklahoma is Mm -hmm. and it affects it greatly affects how many fish we weigh in and the the size yeah some years it seems like everything kind of is running on the smaller end Mm -hmm. and sometimes we have big gears and weigh in really big fish it's Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to see how that tracks and trends we we try to keep an eye on that we have we have some people that work our weigh-in crew that are fisheries biologists and so they are they are the gurus about um fish science and all that and work really hard to make sure that we're treating the fish ethically and um and taking care of what what people are taking and we try to return as many as we can back to the the noodlers to to deal with how they want to some of them clean them and eat them and some of them take them back and put them back in the waters that took them out of
1: gotcha i was actually that question came to mind is you know what happens with all these fish uh so yeah i'm glad you brought that up because um i know a lot of people when they they catch those real big ones they usually tend to want to let them go instead of keep them just because you know they might get bigger and they might get to catch them again right
2: sure well and you know the reality is they're only able to noodle them because they're nesting anyway. I mean, that's that this is all part of their reproductive cycle. That's why they're where they are and how they can catch them and you know, there's a lot there are some states who have been lo- Missouri in particular, I think of uh, they they they've had a group of people that really have tried to get noodling legalized in the state of Missouri, but they're they're um Fish Science and their wildlife department are not for it or haven't been in the past just because they, to perpetuate the species, they want to keep those big fish in the waterways.
1: Gotcha. That makes sense. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, I've heard that people are able to, like, you know, touch these fish and pick up some of these fish. Is that correct? I've heard they have, like, a big water tank or something.
2: Well, we do have a big demo tank, and uh-huh. when I say a demo tank, it's more like um, when you go to the like Backwoods, and you've got the guys that get up, and mm-hmm. they talk about all their lures, and they show how they do in the water and all that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like that. It's like a uh-huh. visual um, on a trailer, big tank, uh-huh. uh, but we, it's specially designed for catfish in that it doesn't have a lot of stuff. It doesn't mm-hmm. have like the tree roots and all that kind of stuff that you see on some of those fancy fishing, Mm -hmm. uh, some of the outdoor shows. Um, It's a pretty, pretty pared down, but it is so that you can get up close and see some of those fish. Mm -hmm. And then we have a guy that um, works with the tournament to um, provide demonstrations. So he's like your noodler guide Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: you can um, purchase some time in the tank and get in with him and have a noodling experience. So we found that that is um, a great attraction. And for people that sometimes people are misunderstood, they think that they're going to come to the tournament and they're going to actually see people catching fish. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that people fish all over the state and bring their fish for mm-hmm. a weigh-in at, at our park. Mm-hmm. Um, so we found that the, having a the demo tank uh, enables people to see the concept of what noodling is. Mm. So you can touch them that way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we we don't really do a touch tank, mm-hmm. and the reason for that mm-hmm. is it stresses the fish out. Right. To have people handling them and pulling them up mm-hmm. out of the water to take pictures and stuff, and mm-hmm. so it's not, um, we don't really advocate to have a touch tank. We've gotcha. been asked a lot of times to do one, mm-hmm. but it's stressful, really stressful on the fish. Yes, right.
1: Okay, awesome. All right, so uh, we've we've covered this a little bit earlier, but uh, you know, let's say I have my family and I plan on coming out. Uh, Is there just any more information that we need to know? Do we need to have tickets? uh, What do we need to bring? You know, blanket or chairs, or you know, if I want to get the most out of this experience, what should I be prepared with?
2: I would say you need to come prepared to be outside in the heat, and so. dress appropriately bring your sunscreen i think you need a chair a blanket would be great because there's plenty of grass for you to put a blanket down and um come with a um, fun loving attitude that that helps a lot you know this crowd can get kind of big and so as people towards the end of the day the crowd gets bigger and bigger and it's so you know if you want to bring you a spray bottle to spray yourself down or a fan or whatever that would be fine I would you know bring your um, debit card or cash to make sure that you've got plenty of hydration and and food
3: mm-hmm. while you're
2: sitting in in the shade and um, it's it's just a really great event we we play music the whole time and um, we ring we blow an air horn every time a a fish shows up to come up on stage so you Mm -hmm. can scurry out of the shade and into the sun and watch the fish come up on stage and get weighed in and then uh, you can go back and sit back in the shade after it's over (laughs) gotcha
1: Awesome, awesome, Jennifer. Well, I got one more question for you. Uh, You mentioned earlier the documentary of kind of how this all got started. Do you mind, real quick, just kind of sharing that story with us? Uh, I think that'd be very interesting for people to hear.
2: Um, Okay, so um, the filmmaker's name is Bradley Beasley, and he uh, was the documentary filmmaker for Oki Noodling, and then. We did Okie Noodling 2. We filmed that, oh gosh, I think back in 2007 was the, the second version. So there's actually two documentaries about Oki Noodling. Mm-hmm. And he, um, he had noodled, and he realized that there were other people that did it, but it wasn't something that people talked about. And so he wanted to shed light on the culture of noodling and how it is handed down within families um, and within family cultures. And so that's what he did his documentary about. And as he was filming it, like I said, one of the noodlers kind of popped off and said, well, wouldn't it be cool if we had a tournament? And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. So one of his friends... Dad happened to be the owner of Bob's Pig Shop here in Pauls Valley, and by education he was a, a fisheries biologist. And she was like, "Well, my dad would be down with that. Maybe, maybe you could have the tournament weigh in at the pig shop in Pauls Valley." And he was in Norman. He was a—that's um, where he lived when he was doing the documentary. And he was like, "Well, yeah, that'd be great." So that's kind of how it all happened. And. Uh, it's just grown and grown and grown. And over the years, there's been, um, like I said, there was a follow-up documentary, but there were other TV shows that came out of it, like reality shows, you know, Mudcats and um, Hillbilly Hand Fishing. And you know, there, there were other, um, other shows that got picked up by different networks and created because of... Um, but all because of the uniqueness of this mm-hmm. and i really think that the the success of the tournament it just goes back to the fact that it shines light on something that is to me it it it's viewed as an extreme sport yeah and that's why people can't imagine that people put their hands in <laughs> dark places to catch a fish but mm-hmm. The reality of it is, is that kind of fishing has been going on for eons,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you know we still do it today, and it's it's legal in Oklahoma. And that was another thing too is the documentary talks about how yeah. that sport is it it is an illegal way to fish in many many states. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the last 22 years, there have been other states that have legalized it, Texas being one. Mm-hmm. But when we first started the tournament, there mm-hmm. was not – it wasn't legal in Texas. Mm-hmm. So – and like I said, in Missouri, they tried mm-hmm. to get it legalized, but it, I, to my knowledge, it is still not legal in, mm-hmm. in Missouri. It is in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And when you think about going down there, they've got alligators. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's dangerous enough here in Oklahoma. With
1: I was gonna say, I, I have. I'll be honest. I have not tried it. I am open to it. Uh, I think you know, if somebody wanted to take me along, I would go. But I think I would need them to put their hand in there first and be like, "Okay, yes, this is a fish and not a snapping turtle." Before I would then yes. go and put my hand in there. So
2: well, and there are guides. I mean, mm-hmm. some of these guys that enter our tournament, they're guides. I mean, that's their side gig in the summertime
1: uh-huh.
3: is they
2: have noodling guide businesses. So gotcha. it's it's a it's a really unique thing, and mm-hmm. it's a it's something that has put Paul's Valley on the map. Mm-hmm. Um. All around the world, I mean, there's been – we've had over the years, we've had media from Japan and Australia and Europe, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's a unique phenomenon, I suppose.
1: (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, this has been fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm very glad we got to have you guys on. Um, is there anything we missed? Is there anything, you know, we need to say last second before we go on? Uh, why don't you real quick, uh, one, if people want to find information, why don't you tell them where they should go and then why don't you give them the, uh, the place and the dates one more time.
2: Okay. So, Okie Noodling 2022 Friday night concert is June the 17th and the tournament and festival and weigh-in is Saturday, June the 18th. If you are a noodler and you are still on the fence about whether you want to register, I say jump in. Um, there's a lot of prize money to be won, and we need you to register. You can go to okinoodling.com. You can also find us on Facebook. We've got Okinoodling Facebook page. All of our vendor booths and our food booths are totally full. So if you if you are trying to hawk your wares. We don't have any more space for you, but we have plenty, plenty of space in the park for all of the festival goers to come and enjoy, um, and learn about noodling.
1: Awesome, that's perfect. Well, Jennifer, once again, I really, really appreciate this, and I hope everybody listening comes out and says hi and uh, and yeah, just gets a little taste of Pauls Valley, Oklahoma.
2: Thank you so much for your help and. In- promoting our festival
1: absolutely no problem all right thank you jennifer thanks thank you jennifer for coming on and giving us all the info for the okie noodling festival guys i can't tell y'all how disappointed i am that i'm not going to be able to make it out there when i you know found out about it found out what it was I was all about it and I want to be there so so bad but I just don't think that those cards are in the deck this year with the baby coming. So really really sad I'm not going to be able to be there but I hope everybody listening to this is going to be there. You know, it's it's fairly situated in the center of Oklahoma so you have no excuse, you know. It's not that far. Uh, just go. That's all I'm going to say. Just go. And uh, like I said at the beginning, 2023, you can guarantee that I will be there. I, I'm I'm so sad that I'm missing out on it this year. So, uh, yeah. Thank you once again, Jennifer, for coming on, giving us giving us all the details, concerts, food. Uh, catfish, like what more could you want? So go check out the Okie Noodling Festival. And uh, and once again, guys, like I always say, just thank you guys for listening to this podcast and supporting what we're doing here. Um, I know it's like somewhat the off season, but I think we've had a lot of really good content coming out still. And uh, yeah, once again, if you have some topics or things that you want me to cover, reach out to me on social media. I've been getting a lot of people message me about public land deer hunting and uh and i'm working on it that's all i'm gonna say right now i am working on it so thank you once again for supporting this podcast thank you once again for supporting me and it's only going to continue to get better so like i said guys thank you guys go check out the okie noodling festival and i will see you guys right back here next week on the oklahoma outdoors podcast